We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast. Proud part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivero, as always, here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, as soon as you got your audio problems fixed just now, my um my like cover of my microphone just fell off. So tell people how you're doing while I attempt to fix this. Uh it's well, folks, it's been kind of one of those days where uh Technology isn't quite your best friend, you know. Uh, I I couldn't tell you how long I had Steve waiting on me uh, to figure out some audio issue that I've never personally experienced, and I don't even think Steve has personally experienced. And now Steve's uh, microphone just you know combusted in front of him, so uh, that kind of shows you the type of start to the podcast we have. So, uh, I have like, uh, it's like one of those things that's like supposed to stop you from spitting into your microphone and it just, you know, <laughs> fell off at the worst possible time. I got it back on. So we're good. Don't worry guys. My microphone is protected. We're practicing safe podcasting here. We're good to go. Always, always good to remember that safe, post safe podcasting. Jeez. I can't even freaking talk. Never mind. <laughs> We're not trying to have pod babies here. Um, you know, it's, apologies for no show last week. Uh, we canceled the last minute, and the good news is nothing really happened. So here we are. We're going to talk about Aaron Donald. Um, Johnny, I mean, any anything else you want to hit on before we just dive into dive into our guy here? He had a big week. He went on uh, went on the I Am an Athlete podcast, which. <laughs> Did you listen to the podcast he was on? Because honestly, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Honestly, like any because uh, Kanye or Ye, it's it's just Ye now, right? Well, he he wasn't on Ye's podcast. He signed with Ye's marketing agency. Ah, uh, okay, okay, all right. In, in that case, I might actually listen to it then. He was on. It's um. So I it's called uh, I am athlete. It's uh, like Brandon Marshall. Um, I think it's Brandon Marshall's podcast. I think the other hosts probably rotate because I know I've seen like Ocho Cinco on this before, but he's not on this episode. It's a nice hour and 15 minute long interview. So I, I am probably going to watch it. I've seen clips from their podcast before and it, it seems like they're, they're pretty good. Um, which is not always true for, for former players podcasts. They could be all over the place, but Brandon Marshall definitely knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a good personality. Um, but the big, Things that came from this, and it, it, this all, there was also interviews with Sean McVay about this, is 
obviously Aaron Donald still holding out, um, trying to get a contract extension. We haven't had mandatory OTAs yet. Um, OTAs is literally optional, so that's not a real thing. What do they call it? Just mandatory mini camp, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, which McVeigh thinks he's gonna be at. He said that's the plan right now. We'll see. I sure hope so. So I don't have an answer to your questions about next week, but I think he'll be here. That's the plan, is what McVeigh said. Uh, this week was OTAs optional, so he did not have to show up. We'll see if he's there next week, but. Obviously, one of the big storylines in the offseason has been Aaron Donald and, to a lesser extent, Cooper Cup and whether or not they would receive contract extensions slash raises, um, which they're both due for. The Rams obviously got it done with Matthew Stafford early in the year. But Donald has been the big one. And um, the big quotes coming out is, like, right, we, we talked about during the playoffs, right after the season ended, there were he was saying stuff that might have hinted towards retiring, um, and he kind of, he said this in the pod, this is a quote I pulled from Rams wire. He said, he's happy. He said, I'm happy. I'm fine. The thing is, I don't need to play football to be fine. I'm fine. I was blessed to play this game to make the money I made. The accomplishments I've made in eight years, like I'm complete. If I can't win another, or if I can win another, that's great. But if not, I'm at peace. Uh, and he basically said, he's not going to play if he doesn't get a restructure. He said, it's probably going to get figured out. But if it wasn't to, I'm not going to be mad at the organization. It's fine. It's cool. So, I mean, we have a quote from Shelby Bayer. We're talking about the specifics of the podcast. But, I I mean, genuinely, if this doesn't happen, do you, do you take AD's word that he's just not going to play? No. No, I don't. I, I, think, I, I think that it's just him kind of showcasing that he has all the cards. And he does. He really does. Uh, he knows what his worth is. And quite frankly, there isn't a more valuable defensive player or even player in general than Aaron Donald. So, I mean, yeah, if he if he's being honest, he could retire now. If he retires now, he's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, if he retires now, he has more than enough money for generations. So, uh, does... Does he have to continue playing? No, no, of course he doesn't. But will he continue? I think he will because, quite frankly, I, I think that uh, Les Snead and the rest of the front officers, it, they're, they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep him a Ram or keep him playing in general. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's... He's bluffing per se, but I don't think there's a chance that he's going to retire. Yeah, I I also don't think there's a chance he's going to retire, and I also don't think he's bluffing, but I, I feel like – I just feel like this is going to happen. You know, I, like I feel like it's pretty unlikely that it wouldn't happen. Um, for AD's contract, he's due – he's still got three years left on his – deal three years 52 million uh and change around that uh, i did the math on the fly kill me if it's wrong i don't care um he's so a lot of people have been pointing out like he, aaron donald said it's not about the money it's a and people like the, who are critical of this have been like okay well you're saying it's not about the money but you're literally holding out for money you look at his contract um I said three years, $52 million left. He signed a six-year, $135 million extension in 2018. And this year was the out if the Rams chose to get out of this contract. They could have. And basically with long-term deals like this, usually if there's an out, it pretty much means that after the out, it's kind of like a fake contract with contract extensions this big and this long. Because really, like, essentially, and people thought about this with Von Miller's deal. He just signed, what, a six-year, $120 million. That's basically a three, three-year three deal. And Donald's is kind of the same. Like, he's due, I think, $15 million this year on a contract where the average money per year is worth about, what's one, like, $22, million, right? So clearly, this is like a fake contract. And clearly, I think they will get it done. Um, But it's like to say, like, well, he has three years left. He should play out his contract. 
NFL contracts are so fucking fake that I don't blame anyone for holding out. It's not like the NBA where, like, unfortunately, if you are dumb enough to sign Russell Westbrook to a contract where in the final year he's set to make $50 million, he's going to get that $50 million because the contract is usually fully guaranteed. In the NFL, if Aaron Donald fell off a cliff over the last three years, they would just get out of this contract. And so it, it goes both ways. You can't really judge. Like, I, I and we've talked about this in the past with Aaron Donald and other players who have held out. They have a very short window to make as much money as they can. And even though, like, yes, if he plays this year, he's going to bring home $15 million. We are talking about not only the best defensive player in the NFL, one of the best defensive players ever in his prime. I mean, probably at worst, a top 10 defensive player to ever play the sport. So, like, for him, I, if I were him, I don't know if I'd play for $15 million, man. Like, he should be getting probably double that. Uh, TJ Watt's making $28 million. He's the highest paid defensive player of the year in the league. That's probably going to have to pay AD, man. And I don't know where they'll find the money to do it. Obviously, they'll make some cap mumbo-jumbo happen with this. But, like, they're going to do it. And they should because, like, what more would he have to do to get that money? You know, I know it's a business. I know there's no loyalty. Nobody's loyal to anyone. But, like, this guy pretty much saved your entire franchise as soon as you drafted him. Just pay him, pay him whatever he wants, dude. It's, uh, it's a dicey situation because the, it, it couldn't have come at a worse time for the Rams. And the the I mean, not that that's really Aaron Donald's problem, but uh, it, it, it's it's really tough because the Rams have been cash strapped for years now, and then basically you're gonna ask the Rams to double his his contract somehow. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I mean, Les Need has done miracles, but at this point you're you're trying to get double the money. Where are they going to find this money from? It has to come from somewhere. So either the Rams are going to have to cut some people or they're going to have to get extremely creative to create enough space to sign Aaron Donald. And we could pretty much kiss um, Odell Beckham goodbye because uh, there's no way we can sign him or anybody else for that matter. Well, so... I don't understand how the NFL cap works because like, if you look at hit and it's probably not something a podcaster should be saying, but I'm going to say it cause I'm not a liar. Like if you look at the breakdown of Aaron Donald's contract. So this year he's yearly cash is $14 million, but his cap hit is 26.7 million. So I'm sure looking at like the wizardry less need has done in the past you can probably up his money and keep the cap hit because it's already so much. Um, and, like, if you look at the first year of his contract, or, or 2018, uh, where it was the last year of his old deal and his cap hit was $9 million, he still brought home $41 million, which, like, I don't understand any of this, dude. Like, I, I just don't get it at all. Uh, I don't know how this stuff works. I don't think most people know how it works. Uh, I don't even who fucking knows if Les Snead knows how 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 it works, man. But uh, like I I think they'll just like find some way to make it happen, and maybe it it definitely could be at the cost of Odell. But like I don't think they're gonna have to cut anybody um to restructure his deal. It might fuck up some things long term, but I don't really care. Well, go win this year. Go repeat. I don't really care if it fucks things up long term. The other side of the equation, too, is um, what do we do with Cooper Cup as well? Uh, that's kind of been the other. I, Cup has kind of come out and said that he's not in a rush or anything like that. But considering everybody's, especially the elite receivers, are are getting paid or are asking to getting paid. It's a question, will they be able to restructure his deal as well? Because, uh, man, 
You're hitting some big money there now. Yeah, I... So, like, with Cup, like, I would not be shocked if he plays this season on the same contract, and it doesn't happen. And I, I don't think he'd be the guy to hold out. Maybe he would. I wouldn't, like I said, I don't judge any of these guys for, for counting their money because it, it is such a short window and you need to know your worth and maximize your worth whenever you can. Because as soon as you're worthless, the team's not going to be looking out for you. They're going to cut you and move on. And so if Cup were to do that, I wouldn't really judge him at all. I, I'd have his back. I, I always support the players here. Not always, but like 95% of the time. But with Don, like, I I think a big difference between these two is Cooper Cup was the best receiver in the NFL last year. And before that, he was a very good receiver. And I would say that the money he was making was probably fair to his value. There in Donald, he has been the best defensive player in the league for like seven seasons-ish. Or at least one of them. He's made the first team All-Pro seven straight years. So I think it's a little different, you know, he had not, and I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Cup here. I think it's just like somebody who had one of the best seasons of all time and deserves a raise versus one of the best players of all time, flat out period, who deserves a raise. And I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think a, a cup deal gets done this year? It wouldn't shock me if they both did, but like my gut is leaning towards Donald gets done and they wait a year on cup. I I'm I tend to kind of go that route as well because quite frankly I just I don't know how they'd be able to do it this year uh, as it is it, it's gonna be really tough for them to restructure Donald's deal and give him the money that he's looking for um, or at least that you know is probably gonna be owed to him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it, it, it is tough with all this shit because, dude, they just like they find money out of nowhere. And they do it every year. And they're probably going to do it when they re-sign Odell, if they do. And we're going to be like, where did that come from? So, I don't know. I, I Like, every year they just pull money out of their ass. And nobody understands it. And the salary cap never presents them for making moves. It probably never will. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, here was a Sean McVay quote about it. Uh, about the extension. He said, We've had great dialogue. The goal all along has been to try to get this thing figured out. But like I've said, if there's anyone that's earned the right to make the decision on their own terms after what he's done, what he's meant to me, to our team, it's Aaron. Things are trending in the right direction. None of that is new news. We have regular dialogue with Aaron, and the goal is to figure out how to get a contract done that he feels good about, that that we feel good about, and have him continue to do this thing for the Rams leading the way. So, you know, it, it seems like Aaron Donald probably wants like $30 million, um, maybe even more. And this is a, a quote he also had on the podcast when he was talking about how it's not really fair that quarterbacks make so much more money um, than the best defensive players in the year league. While acknowledging that, you know, quarterbacks are the top dog, he said, I think a quarterback is a quarterback, but I think defensive players should be valued. You're talking about quarterbacks getting paid $50 million now, so it works both sides. Is it that big of a drop-off? from what they're getting paid to what the top defensive guys are getting paid. Should it be? 
So he probably wants a shitload of money, as he should. And I would imagine the Rams are not like – you never know. He could be asking for like $35 million a year. And good on him for doing it. Um, but I'm guessing if, if TJ Watts at $28 million, the Rams are probably not look. They're not going to go over thirty, and I don't even know if they could do thirty. Um, so I think they will figure it out. But it's like it's a negotiation, you know. And and I don't. It's it's hard to fault either side for uh, trying to get the deal that's best for them. At the end of the day, this is a business, and both sides should be doing that. And ideally, like McVay said, you find a deal that works for everybody. Yeah, and I'm hoping that Donald takes into consideration that the Rams are trying to, you know, position themselves to repeat. And, you know, obviously this only happens if there's, you know, enough cap space, you know. Um, And and not to say that he shouldn't get paid because obviously he should. But uh, I think within reason, I think that that's reasonable. (laughs) You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, it just really depends on what he's asking for. And we, we don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's not as much as we're thinking. Doubt it. But who? Uh, but if he's asking, you know, for quarterback money, it's like, geez, we just paid uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, how much more can we actually put on this uh, cap, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, like they'll they'll find it um stafford's cap number this year is only 13 and a half mil um come 2024 it's 50 so i mean i I, like yeah i don't get it at all um donald this was the quote he said it when it wasn't about money he said it ain't about the money it's a business at the end of the day um sorry i just thought i might have muted for a second i wasn't so that's good that's what you've got to see. For me, it's about winning. I don't want to play football if I can't win anyway. So I feel like if I got a real opportunity to win another Super Bowl, then it makes sense to play. But again, it's still a business. You've got to handle the business side of things. And if it wasn't to get handled, then, you know, it is what it is type of situation. I'll be fine regardless. And so it's like he's not going to play for $15 million. There's no world where he plays for $15 million. There's, I'm sure there's a world where if the Rams were like 25 million, take it or leave it. I don't think he balks at that. I think he ends up playing, but I think he's gonna. He should try and squeeze them for everything they're worth. You know, Stan Kroenke's certainly got enough money to pay the man. Uh, he's certainly making enough money off of Aaron Donald to pay the man. And luckily for him, the team is good. And when he talks about winning, you know, this is what he said. If you want to talk about football, the only thing that motivates me and pushes me is trying to win another ring. Uh, That's it. It ain't about no individual accolades. It's none of that because at the end of the day, I accomplished that. I was with teams that wasn't too good and we wasn't winning. That shit didn't really mean nothing because if you don't get that ultimate goal, it don't mean nothing. The only thing I'm chasing if I play football is a ring. That's it. That's all I'm playing for. And so, like, if that's the mentality he's at, unless the Rams are just straight up not offering him anything, he's going to play this year. You know, this is, this is like, the team is peaking right now. The window's not that big, and I'm sure he might only play for two more years, but uh, he's going to play here until it seems like the team might not win anymore or until he's just not, if he's lost a step. But he has not yet. Yeah, I don't think he's going to lose a step anytime soon. What a world, man. Isn't that great? Uh, I just hope uh, he just doesn't retire on us all of a sudden. <laughs> I think we're past that point. If they if they pay him, he's going to play. And uh, it's it's on the front office to get it done. Uh, and if he's being unreasonable, they got to tell him that. But, I mean, what's unreasonable for Aaron Donald? Like, how much money could he be asking for that it's unreasonable? $50 million. <laughs> Like, literally. I mean, the, the the guy has made a all pro first team all pro in seven straight years. Like, what what a hell of a problem to have, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know he's got enough money where if hey, if I'm only making fifteen million dollars, he could just go. Like it's like that Charles Sprewell thing. He's got to feed his family, man. 
the the funniest quote I've ever heard in my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it and. That's like two-time All-Star Latrell Sprewell and not Aaron Donald, so. <laughs> yeah, you, you could thank KG for beating his kids. <laughs> um, Anything else you want to hit on Aaron Donald? Uh, just uh, get him signed, man. Get him signed. Get him signed. Hey, you want to talk about some other Sean McVay quotes from – mini camp and decide if we care about them at all. I don't think this is quite the, do I give a shit um, section quite yet, but yeah, let's hear. Some we're not, we're not there yet. Quotes. We're not there. Not Cause there we, yet. yeah, we had an actual topic today. Uh, here's Sean McVay talking about Robert Rochelle. I look at Robert Rochelle in a lot of instances as a rookie because he did some really good things, but I don't think anyone understands all the things he was pushing through, whether it's the wrist injury, he ended up having the long rib type of deal. He's a guy that made great play on seven on seven today. You can see the communication in the meeting room with Chris Shula, Jonathan Cooley, and Raheem and Lance Schultz has been excellent. Being able to identify some of those younger guys, they fit the mold and looking forward to seeing those guys continue to evolve for us on the back end. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess it's cute that you're looking at Robert Rochelle like he's a rookie, but he's not a rookie. Yeah, he's this is a guy who started multiple games last year. It's not like he had a lost season. Um like, yeah, I mean, I it's nice to reset it, and hopefully he continues to improve, but, like, I don't know. I feel like this is, like, kind of a dumb quote. Uh, I I get what he's saying. Like, I, I feel like he's trying to give people realistic expectations because I, you know – in a era of, you know, Rams football where we want to see, you know, rings now and not necessarily early exits, everyone wants everyone on this team to be better or to um, have higher expectations for each player than what we should reasonably expect. And I, and I feel like that's what Sean McVay was trying to, you know, get across here. That, yes, Robert Rochelle did play last year. He did uh, play in quite a – well, not a quite a few, but he played in a few games last year, had some promise. But realistically speaking, he didn't have the best outcomes, um, at least not every single game he played in. And he um, – at, at the end of it, he he played through injuries and was injured. So to expect him to be, you know, past his rookie or like the rookie mentality, I think is a little bit uh, too much expectation at this point. So I get him. I get him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I think you're going to expect more from him than the guys I drafted in the fourth round this year. Oh, totally. Because I, I've seen him. I, I think that unless, I mean, hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. You know, some rookies, they just adapt right away and become, you know, great players. But, again, being a little bit more realistic, these are guys that are day two and day three players. So, well, day three players. Um, so, the odds of them just, you know, coming out of the gates being, you know, starters and being, you know, higher performers than, uh, than Robert Rochelle is a little bit, um, you're expecting a lot really. Yeah. I'm excited to see Rochelle. You know, he showed some flashes last year. It'll, uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how he, how he progresses in his, in his rookie year part two, the, the Ben Simmons special <laughs> here. Th- this quote is great, Johnny. And just, Cut me off when Sean McVay in this quote about the secondary says something that you know is just him talking about it out of his ass. Uh, this is what he was talking about uh, the secondary. He said, I don't think it can be minimized what a good job David Long did last year as well. I thought he played really well throughout the playoffs. True. Handful of important significant snaps. Seeing when Nick Scott pick up where he left off. You know Jordan Fuller is going to be ready to go. Taylor Rapp's been great. And I'm seeing really encouraging things from Terrell Burgess. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's a lot of competitive opportunities to see take place in unfolded training camp, but that's a positive thing, and some of these young guys are exciting as well. Uh, what do you think is more likely this year? Terrell Burgess starts six games or doesn't make the roster? Uh, doesn't make the roster. <laughs> I, You know, I it's it's hard to say that because – Looking back on his rookie season, he it, it appeared he was going to have such a large role on this team. And then you go back last season, and you, you'd almost forget he was on the roster. You know, even with the plethora of injuries that the Rams had towards the end of the year, <laughs> he, he still was just there, you know? Yeah, no, they never wanted to play him. There were plenty of opportunities where he should have played, and they went as far as to call Eric Weddle to get off his couch, then play the dude. Yeah, just I, I hope that that's true. You know, I, I but at the same time, you, you as you mentioned, Steve, these statements that he's saying is basically things that we already know, and that's something to be expected. I mean, this to really expect anything out of what's happening at the moment the OTAs uh these are these are literally guys that are just you know getting back into the rhythm of the game they're not you know this isn't training camp this isn't the preseason it's not a glimpse of the of the regular season here this is literally just getting back to the basics so if you're expecting more than that, I think you're going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, take take everything uh, said during OTAs by coaches about players with the biggest mountain of salt you could find. Uh, like, it's all just coach speak. And to play devil's advocate to myself on Terrell Burgess, we said like a lot of the same shit about Bryson Hopkins for the last few years. And then he made big plays in the Super Bowl, so maybe Bert, maybe the coaches are were wrong last year. You know, maybe he should get a shot. Uh, I don't think he will, and maybe he goes somewhere else and proves us wrong. But like, I think we just have enough evidence that the coaches don't believe in him. And it's hard to say. We can't even say if he's bad or not because we've never really seen him play. You know, when he's been out there, I, I didn't think he was terrible. Thought he was okay. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, I I, I do hope for the best here. I, I do hope that he makes the roster and, and, you know, goes back into you know, the, the goal that the, the team had for him, but it's very obvious that the Rams are at, at the very least concerned about him because they went and drafted safeties and cornerbacks to, you know, to basically put competition there. And if they're any good, you know, they can, they can pretty much cut Terrell Burgess if that's the case. So it's not a good sign when your team is essentially preparing for your replacements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always going to be interesting, man. Um, I, I mean, look at it from from even from your job perspective. Would you feel good if if you got if your boss just hired like two more people at the same exact position as you? Uh, 
No. Well, I, my job's weird. I have I work with like three people who do the same exact job as me. <laughs> You're like I, I'm actually kind of used to that. We had a whole ass team of social media managers doing the same shit on different accounts. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, it that's right because you there's a you probably have a team doing each different social media, correct? Uh, different accounts. Um, so yeah, it, it's complicated. <laughs> uh, like I, I work on, uh, like different accounts for, I work for a, a major streaming service and I don't want to disclose what I do on the podcast. Just look me up on LinkedIn if you really want to know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on LinkedIn right now. <laughs> <laughs> I work at HBO. I work at HBO. All right, so we all do different shit. Um, I got one more quote from John McVeigh. This one's about Alan Robinson, which makes me excited. He said, uh, he's a stud. Agreed. Agreed, Sean. I've been so impressed with just his overall professionalism day in and day out. He's got a great way about himself. Locked in in the meetings, and I think the first thing that stands out is the body control for a bigger receiver. I bet you he's a baller on the basketball court. He's wired, and to be able to double up and play underneath himself. Some of those bigger guys that play as big as he does typically don't have the ability to get in and out of the breaks as seamlessly as he does, but I think his transition in and out of breaks and how smooth he is for how big he is, it's been very exciting and love getting to know him a little bit more. Great quote. Uh, hyping up our guy. I'm excited to see him play in this offense. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I mean, uh, I I think this is kind of Allen Robinson's chip on his shoulder year because pretty much his entire career he's played for basically shit offenses. And, uh, you know, if, if he thrives with a damn good offense with the Los Angeles Rams. It just goes to show you how talented of a receiver he is. So um, I do like the energy that not, not just Sean McVay is discussing. If you really look at uh, what Allen Robinson has been saying himself, that's, that's awesome to hear because he's only going to make the offense that much better. So, and and that's going to be very important, especially if the Rams aren't able to bring back Odell. So, yeah, I, I'm all I'm all for it. Happy to hear it. I'll be even more excited seeing actual training camp footage. You know. Yeah, and if you, uh, there was a lot of big quotes about Odell this week too from uh, various guys in the team. I think Cooper Cup had a nice one. Aaron Donald talked about him on the podcast. Um, yeah, man, I hope they can bring him back. Uh, I feel like we talked about him every week, so I don't have more news. We could end on this. Uh, the every team in the NFL uh, had to pay seven and a half million dollars to help Stan Kroenke with uh, his settlement that the NFL had to pay the city of St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can honestly say that Stan Kroenke is probably not the favorite owner um in in the nfl uh maybe not behind a certain owner from uh the washington commanders but uh other than that i feel like the he might be the second least favorite of them all yeah yeah i mean jesus christ man as much as i hate san cronky i don't hate san cronky as much as i understand the hatred for Stan Kroenke. If anyone dislikes him more than Dan Snyder, you guys could just go ahead and fuck off. Uh, Like, relax. (laughs) I would hope even people in St. Louis like Dan Snyder less than Stan Kroenke. The only only billionaire that they have to like less than Stan Kroenke, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly don't understand how Dan Snyder is still uh <laughs> I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be for long. I think this is uh finally coming to an end. Uh and uh since this is stadium talk, um did you get a load of the Washington Commanders like stadium proposal? 
I, I saw it's going to be the smallest in the NFL. I, I didn't see any other specifics about it. What were they saying? It's just, it's so backward. Like, I, like here's the thing. I don't expect every single team out there to do what the Rams did, which made this extremely extravagant, you know, billions and billions of dollars stadium. I don't expect that from every single team. No, quite frankly, not every billionaire can afford that. Um, but uh, to sit there and construct like you're going backwards, like I, I don't know. It, it just it, it feels like a disservice to the to the commanders fan base, and uh, you know you got to give props to them because it is still a very loyal fan base, despite all the bullshit that Dan Snyder has put them through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'd say one of the most loyal in the league. Yeah, I mean, look at the fucking owner, dude. Like, that's all you gotta. That's all you gotta. Wow, that's just kind of incredible there. But uh, stadium would be twenty three miles southwest of DC. Um, which I hate when stadiums are not in the city that they claim to be. Um, well, ha- like I, I have no understanding of LA, like logistics like how long would it take you to get to sofi and can you like can you get there from like public transit or you just have to like drive and say a prayer technically speaking you can get there by public transit but is it is it that convenient not really um you're probably better off by car and if i were to drive from the heart of LA to SoFi Stadium, it's probably about 20 or 30 minutes, depending on traffic. Not horrible. I honestly thought it'd be farther. Well, depending on traffic. Isn't there always traffic? Yes. So uh, if if there's like a shit ton of traffic, you're probably looking like a, a good hour, maybe two, if it's really bad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, I feel like a lot of stadiums are like that now where they, they just aren't centered in the city that they claim they're from. I mean, another good example is the 49ers. They haven't been in San Francisco since they moved to, uh, Levi stadium. You know, they're in Santa Clara. Shit, man. The Jets and Giants play in a different state. And yeah, that's another perfect <laughs> example right there, uh, which it, I think I heard something about that where uh, the people from New York are are planning to sue the uh, the Jets and the Giants for um, not being in the state. No way that's true. I, I if I'm not I, I'd have to go back and look at the article because I just kind of you know, look, looked at it. I, I didn't really like read it, but I, I think I read somewhere that um, because they're not physically in the state of New York, that they're either need to um, change their, their logo to New Jersey <laughs> or they, they have to like, they're, they get, they plan on getting, Oh geez. I can't speak right now. They plan on getting sued. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Like I, I can kind of understand why that would be brought up because you're obviously making money off of the name uh, of, or off the logo, but they're obviously not being, you know, they're not generating any revenue for that specific city per se. So I don't know. That's that's an interesting topic. I didn't realize either. I was just looking this up. How fucking far from San Francisco Levi Stadium is? Oh, it's far. That's crazy. I did I did not know that until you just told me that. Yeah, it, it's not. I mean, can you drive? Is a driving distance absolutely? You don't have to like you know fly, but it's not. It's not next door either. Yeah, because like if you like, I've taken the bus to. MetLife Stadium in New Jersey from Manhattan before, and it's like twenty minutes. 
Uh, it's just if anyone is from New York listening to the podcast, the mental hurdle of going from New York to New Jersey is a lot. Uh, and so you always think it's more of a pain in the ass to get there than it actually is. Sometimes it is. Um, and I live in Queens, so it's a huge pain in the ass. But, like, it's straight up like an hour from San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I the difference between, you know, the, the two different coasts here is between New York and, and New Jersey, it, it seems like it's much further apart than it actually is because they're two different states. And in California, it's still the same state, but California is fucking long. Mm-hmm. Like you, like from LA to San Francisco is a good eight hours. You know, depending on traffic, of course, that's another factor. But uh, you know, cities in California, it's not next door to each other, and I think people really need to keep that in mind, especially when you we're talking like um, Santa Clara and San Francisco. Yeah, and, like, I'll give the Patriots credit. They don't play in Boston. They've never acted like they play in Boston. They're not even named the Boston Patriots. Um, Some of these teams are just – I'm going to start calling them the Santa Clara 49ers now. (laughs) You should. (laughs) A lot of of people do. Um, And and that's kind of been uh, the kind of funny – the funny different, you know, mentions here uh, because – San Francisco 49er fans will, were clowning on uh, Raider fans because they moved from an entirely to an entirely different state. And so they clowned on, you know, the Oakland Raider fans, but then the Oakland Raider fans would, would kind of clap back saying that they don't even play in San Francisco. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting. I wonder how many other teams are like that though, where, they claim to play in a certain city and they absolutely do not. Probably a lot. I will say like, cause I've been to Sixers games, all the Philly stadiums, it's probably one of the best setups for any professional like sports city. Like there's like downtown Philly, like the big parts of Philly. And then maybe like 10 minute drive South is every stadium awful. All three of them where all the teams play are just like, in the same area, they have a bar in the middle. Like it's a great setup, uh, and I'm guessing most of these other teams do not have like similar setups. Um, about the only about the only um, city I could think of is Seattle, because I know like the uh, the Seattle uh, Seahawks is really just across the way from uh, uh, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, of course, they don't have a basketball team anymore, so I don't know where they were. Uh, but yeah, it's the Seahawks have a similar setup to that. Yeah, um, the 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 Lions I think are, are are downtown more or less. the 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 Bears are not so the the Bears are like the opposite. And I think they're going to move out of Chicago, but Soldier Field is like right in Chicago, which I think is awesome. Like I love when giant like stadiums are just straight up downtown but like the bulls play out in the boonies like it's it's usually it's the basketball teams that are in the city uh and the football teams are like out there but for chicago it's the opposite um i think both the baseball stadiums are in the city vegas definitely downtown you could literally walk to the strip from the stadium yeah i've which is nice it's nice and it's not if if you've ever (laughs) If you've ever been to Vegas on game day and you're not actually attending the game, oh, man, it's a pain in the ass to drive in that area. Um, And it could be just because I don't live in Las Vegas that I don't know how to avoid that. Uh, I'm sure by now, you know, locals have no ways to get around that. But Vegas, you know, depending on, on... how busy it is can be a real pain in the ass to drive in. I've been there once and I would have never gone behind the wheel of a car during the time I was there. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think, but Oh no, I just mean bad. like I would not have been uh, I wanted to drink in my hand at all times. Ah, well that's a different story. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um that's that's what Uber's for. <laughs> right on. Uh anything else you want to hit? I mean we just did ten minutes of football stadium talk, so 
uh, we're not sponsored by Uber, but Uber, if you'd like to sponsor us, please, because uh, I know, I know the the owner or CEO of Uber, you know, listens to our podcast. So, um, ah, yeah. yeah, Jared Leto. Ah, that's right. Oh no, no, that's uh, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was thinking of WeWork. Too many, uh, too many fucking biopics, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's making these this shit. Uh well, other than that, no, not nothing else. Just uh, get Aaron Donald signed. Um, find a way to bring Odell back to. Uh, I don't think I'm asking for a lot, even though I'm asking for the world at this point. And give us something different to talk about next week. <laughs> Sign Odell. Uh, somebody say something stupid. I don't know. Uh, we do need a. We do need to update our audio. So. It would be appreciated to get some funny commentary. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll have to dig through this Aaron Donald podcast and see if we can find anything useful. Uh, all right. Well, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Subaru, at Johnny596, at Talk Rams. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have not, if you have, thank you. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally. I think we ain't done yet. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.